not your book, the book. Go to James chapter 1. We're going to read verses 5 through 8. I haven't heard one amen. Y'all don't get lazy on me like that. Come on now. There we go. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Let us pray. Father, I love you. Father, thank you for the word that you've given me today. Thank you for your word that you've given me today. God, again, I pray for Afghanistan. I pray for our Christians, our brothers and sisters over there that are hurting. Father, I claim protection over them. I claim victory over them. Father, if there's anything that this church can do besides prayer, you let me know. You show it to me. Whatever it is, we will help because that's where we're needed, and I know that. All Christians need to come together right now and help over there as much as possible. I feel that you need, we need to get over there and, and help those people. Father, just show us how that needs to be done your way. As much as we would like to go over there and, and attack, Father, you have a plan. I'm just asking that you show that plan, that it's done in your timing, and that your victory shines through. Father, you have a purpose for everything. I thank you for that. I thank you even for the struggles because every time there's a struggle, there's always a victory after that. You always take the bad and make it good, Father. I just ask that we do the same thing, that you can do that for the people in Afghanistan. And uh, God, I just, I thank you for this church, uh, just protecting our families. Bo talked about it in transition. Just the, the Trey Weeks, uh, just, Father, thank you for people stepping up, uh, for Don and Ann Spadafore, people stepping up, just loving on them. God, and I claim, I claim that over my mentor. I claim, claim healing, quick healing, and comfort over Don today. Father, I claim that, and I claim that in your name. I claim that in your name. And we've got people in here I know that are standing in agreement for that. Now, Father, right now I need, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, take all my pride, my selfishness, my anger. Father, any doubt that may be there, I ask that you cast it into the sea. And God, you replace it with whatever gift you want to give me today. Whether that be discernment, love, joy, humor. Father, I don't care what it is. Whatever it is that you give me, I'll use it. I'll be obedient to the gifts that you give me today, Father. Just replace it with all my mess. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love laugh and forgive amen all right today we're going to continue our series on you are called this is something that we've been doing for the last few weeks we've taught on uh, we've discussed humility obedience patience discernment confidence and courage and then this week we're going to discuss knowledge and wisdom you need this okay so we've been talking about all these characteristics again I'm gonna read them real quick humility obedience patience discernment confidence and courage all of those things are needed when God calls you to a mission you need all of those characteristics to fulfill the mission that God has given you right I think we can agree with that if not then I feel like I've preached really bad sermons the last few weeks these two you definitely have
have to have knowledge and wisdom, right? It's very important. Very, very important that you have knowledge and wisdom. Next week, we're going to preach on two more characteristics that will end that series. And then uh, I, I will start something else in a couple of weeks. And it's what we've been discussing so far today. Um, as a Christian, the greatest problem that we have is not Satan. Hear me out. A Christian's greatest problem is not even sin. It's not sin and it's not Satan. God never said that that was our biggest problem. It's not in the Bible. You won't find it. Trust me. I've been studying it all week. I've been looking for that all week. I've Googled it 50,000 times. You will not find that in the Bible that that is our biggest problem. God says that these two things, again, are not the greatest, but I want you to see what God says is the biggest problem that we as Christians have. I want to go to Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's what destroys a Christian. Lack of knowledge. In other words, God is telling us that Ignorance is our real problem. That's a stout word. What is an ignorant person? I, I want to go to Webster's Dictionary for ignorance. Lacking knowledge. Wow. Right? Or awareness. Uneducated. Do you notice the first five words, or five letters, excuse me, of ignorant? Ignore. Lack of knowledge is ignoring God. That's the problem. That's the problem. It's not Satan. It's not sin. It's when you ignore God. When you don't know God, you're ignorant. Does anybody disagree with me? If you don't know God, you're ignorant. I know some people in Afghanistan may think that. Some of that bad side. Guys. I, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, church leaders pastors some churches as a whole They're ignorant. They're not seeking that relationship with God the way that they should. I'm going to get into a little bit more of that. Y'all hold that. Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, you fear God when you know God. But it's not a fear of his, you know, he's going to come smite you down, right? That's not the fear that we have. The fear that we have of God is knowing God and knowing all-powerful God. And then the fear also of God is not knowing God. Like, we know him, so now we're scared to death of not knowing him. Like, who wants that life? Once you know him, you know you don't not want to know him. Y'all following that? Because that was real confusing. 
It's even confusing to me. I said it. Once you get past the ignorant stage as a Christian, how do you gain knowledge? Guys, there's only one way to gain knowledge, and that is to be disciplined. Disciplined in your walk. That's how you gain knowledge. I've got scripture to back that up, Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. And it's like, drop the mic, I'm done with the sermon, you can walk away, right? Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Stupid. You know what another word for stupid is? Ignorant. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I didn't love getting beat by my dad when I was, or not beat, but whipped when I was a kid by my dad, okay? I, I, didn't, li I didn't love that. But I love the love that he always showed me afterwards in teaching me the reason why I had to be disciplined. You know, God will put us through some tests sometimes. And some of those tests you think are failures, but they're really not. It's a little bit of discipline. He's teaching you. He's disciplining you. You should love that. You should be in, when, you, when things are looking down and you're struggling really bad with something, I mean, like you're, you're trying to get to this, to this point. You're, you're trying to achieve something and you can't get there and you fail you should immediately drop to your knees and thank God and say, God, this is not a failure. You're putting me through an obedience test. You're teaching me through this process. You'll make what's bad good. And I'm going to go ahead and start praising you right now in that moment because there's going to be a victory when this is all over with. That should be your thought process, warriors, all the time. When things are looking south, you should immediately get excited. Yeah, I said it. You should get excited because God's fixing to show up. All you got to do is put your faith in him. See, the problem is, is things start to go south and we lose faith. When you lose faith, you've lost it. Be excited because God's going to show up. You need to get a routine. Get on schedule of gaining knowledge. You do this with consistent prayer and studying the Word of God. Guys, get on your knees and get your Bible in your hand. If you do those two things, and you discipline yourself to do it, set a time to do it every single day, the knowledge will come. I promise. I don't care if you read one scripture a day. I really don't. Matter of fact, I, I wish you'd spend more time in prayer. I mean... There's a lot of people in here that, that know that I'll say this, but if you had 30 minutes, if you said, Mike, I got 30 minutes in the morning that I'm going to spend with God, I'd say spend 25 praying and five in the Word. Build that relationship. Build it. Once you build it, then all of a sudden it's kind of cool because you'll, you'll go to talk to him and you've built that relationship and you'll pray with him for about five to ten minutes and he's like, all right, go get in your Word. Me and you are good. Our relationship is good. Now go, now go study and listen to me when you study. That's another thing, guys. When you open that, this book is the word of God. When you open it, he's literally speaking to you. Listen to him. He'll grab your attention in spots that you would never think of. He'll grab your attention in spots that you've read 50 times. And all of a sudden, he shows you something. This is the word of God. 
listening to him. Every time you open it, he's speaking to you. You know, it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, you open it, and it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. And my God, when I open it, he's like, boy, it's about time you got in this word. What have you been doing? He really don't say that to me a lot anymore. He used to, he used to say that a lot to me. We've gotten to the knowledge. Now you know how to get knowledge. Be disciplined. Get in your word. Get in prayer. But how do you gain wisdom? I'm going to spend a lot more time on wisdom. A lot of people think knowledge and wisdom are the same. This could not be further from the truth. There are a lot of Christians out there that have a massive amount of knowledge but go nowhere on their spiritual walk because they have no idea what to do with the knowledge. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge. We went to a Cowboy game last night, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys, if you're a Cowboy fan, they drafted Micah Parsons, okay? No relation to me, same name. He's a lot bigger than I am. He played middle linebacker at uh, Penn State. He's a beast. I mean, absolute beast. I was telling Bo today, I, I watched him every play he was out there. I played middle linebacker in high school, so I love to watch that guy, but this dude is literally this wide. You know, he's about, well, he looks like a defensive end playing middle linebacker. And that's what he looks like. And he's fast. Man, he's fast. But anyway, I was watching that dude. And here's the thing that I realized about Micah Parsons. And, and this is a lot of Christians, okay? Micah Parsons has the speed, the strength, the agility. He has all those things. He has all the tools, right? But when I was watching him last night, he was lost. He was lost on the field. Yeah, he was getting there quick. Yeah, he was making some amazing plays but he was lost. And then coming up next to him walks up is Leighton Vanderesh, who's in his fifth year, I believe, in the league. And you can see him coaching him. You see, Micah Parsons has all the tools. He has all the knowledge, but he needs wisdom. And that's where the church comes in. That's where your teammates come in. Surrounding yourself with strong Christians, this is where this comes into play. I want to go to Proverbs 19.20. This is from the New King James Version. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your later days. Listen to counsel. But who is the counsel that we listen to? Let's go to Hebrews 10.25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't deny the fellowship. I need to say this to some people online. Some of you I know live out of the state, and you can't get here in a timely manner. I get that. Some of my brothers and sisters are watching online like the Trey Weeks today because they're being safe. I understand that. Some of my brothers and sisters may not can physically get here. They may not can get here. They may not have a vehicle. Um, and I get that. That's fine. But if there are people that are watching today that are able to walk through the front doors of Christian Warriors Church, and I need you to understand I'm not stepping on your toes. I'm aiming at your heart. You need to read this verse. Being in the fellowship of other Christians, that's what gives you wisdom. 
There's a lot of people online that are watching, and I know you have a lot of knowledge. I know that. But I want you to have wisdom. I consider you, and I know leadership does as well, y'all are part of this congregation. Come join us. We just want to love on you. I, 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 hug, I hug a little bit, you know. You don't have to be scared of that. I encourage you guys to come. I really do. I encourage you guys to come. What about y'all? Don't y'all want our online people to come, right? <laughs> and we do. We love y'all to death. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to step on your toes. Well, maybe a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Step on your toes. In the fellowship of the church, there are older, wiser Christians whose job is to teach Chris Myatt. Don Spider-Four. Those are old people, right? Kirby Shaddix. Randy Pipes. Anyway, there's, there's older people, right? They're, they're, they teach, and they're supposed to teach us wisdom. They're supposed to give that to us, right? Like that's their whole job. That's what they need to be doing. You know, you see, young Christians, we have a lot of knowledge. But again, we don't have any idea what to do with it. So these older, stronger Christians, see, I said stronger. I didn't just say old. The older, stronger, stronger Christians in the fellowship of the church will give us that wisdom. That's their job. That's what's great about this church. <laughs> These old people with all the wisdom, they're called mentors, right? I mean, mentors are wisdom givers. I mean, like, that's their whole job. I love this church because I was talking to the elders about this the other day. That's why I love, I love our three elders. This church, if you look around, it's no secret. You look around, the majority of us are, you know, we're younger people, right? I mean, the majority of us are. Our elders and the older people that are in this church, I have so much respect for you guys. Because I know we don't sing old hymnal songs. I know that we don't do things like the church I, the church I grew up in, you know. I know we don't wear suit and ties, you know. Kirby swear he's going to get me in a suit and tie one day to preach. I'm going to come in here and surprise y'all one day. But guys, what I love about our elders and the older people of this church is they get it. You see, I think that a lot of older people stay in these churches where all that stuff is great and it's all comfortable because it's comfortable. I have so much respect for the people that are in here. Again, the people that are stronger and wiser because you get it. We need help. God can use you here a lot more than he can use you in that other church. So let's give those people a round of applause. That's big. I want to name off a few of those people real quick. You know, we all need mentors. Uh, well, let me start with this. You know, Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson. Roger Staubach had Tom Landry, right? Daniel Danielson, he had Mr. Miyagi, right? I mean, that's another mentor. Harry Potter had Professor Dumbledore, Okay. Got that? But then, of course, most important, Luke Skywalker had Yoda, right? We all need a Yoda, right? Don't we all need a Yoda? I want a Yoda. You know, I got a bunch of Yodas. Thank God I got a bunch of Yodas. I need a bunch of Yodas. Like, God knew I needed a lot more than one. It's so important that we have that. I, the mentors that I have, I, I, again, I have a lot because I screw up a lot. So I, I need a lot that can help me get me through all the screw-ups. But I want to name a few of these men because I can't go... I can't go on without naming these guys. <laughs> when you get mentors, this is what it means to you. Bruce Powers, Joel Steger, Mike Brown, Jay Simmons, Randy Powell, 
Ricky Holder, Chris Myatt. I love you, Chris. I know he's watching right now. My father-in-law, Mark Wilson, Pastor Philip Dunn, Pastor James Ross, Randy Pites, Kirby Shaddix, and Don Spatafore. I need everybody in this room to know you are not sitting here and we are not having church today without those men in my life. That's what mentors do. Those men have helped me through so much, not just my spiritual walk, but my family walk. I can't tell you how many times I would have screwed up as a father or a husband or a businessman or a pastor if it's not for these men in my life. These are the people that give me wisdom. And I love all of you for it. I'm in debt to these guys, and it's a debt that I'll never be able to repay. What I love about these men, they were so willing to give it. Even though I was annoying as all get out, they're still willing to help. Hats off to you guys. So what is a mentor? I want to explain to you guys. I preached this sermon 14 months ago. I went back to look to see how long ago it was because I didn't want to repeat myself over again to the same congregation. If you've heard this before, and I know some of you had, not an act spiritual, okay? For those of you that have not heard it, the next few minutes can change your life. It can absolutely change your life. It's that serious. And the reason I say that, because it changed mine, big time. I was... You know, I wasn't the worst person in the world, but I could see the path I was going down wasn't going to be where I am today. And if not for these men again, it doesn't get me in the right direction. I'm going to read this to you guys. Get your Bibles out. I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Some of you know exactly what I'm going to. What I'm about to read you guys is the characteristics of a church leader. In other words, an overseer of the church, which is an elder, a pastor, some even say deacons in different roles and so forth and so on, right? If you want to be in church leadership, this should be the characteristics that you have. Can I get some amens if you got there? Amen. Awesome. Just follow along with me, guys. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man who is, whose life is above reproach. Above reproach means approachable and gentle. That's what that means. You know, in other words, it's somebody that no matter how many, <laughs> no, <laughs> no matter how many times I've messed up, you know, I can go to my, 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 my mentors and they'll be gentle with me. Some of them ain't, by the way. But but they're supposed to be. But I forgive them sometimes because sometimes it's kind of hard to be gentle when somebody keeps messing up, right? You know, like I talked about this a while back, like when your kid keeps making the same mistake over and over again. You know, it's like, really? You know, it's hard to be gentle. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a great reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker, or, or a violent person. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love of money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? In this word, how can he mentor you if he can't take care of his own family? 
a church leader must not be uh, a new believer, okay? So in other words, when you're picking out a mentor, it can't be, you don't want it to be a new believer. And this is why it says that, because they can become proud and the devil would cause him to fail. Also, people outside of the church must speak well of this person so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. When you're looking for a mentor, those are the characteristics you're looking for. A godly man or woman. A man or woman who has their house under control. A man or woman who is approachable and gentle. A man or woman who, above all, loves the church. The only thing that she loves more than the church itself is her family. You want to make sure any mentor you pick out, that they have their life in order in these three ways. God, family, church. Job comes forth. That family thing's important, guys. You make dang sure that you've got a good family mentor. Because when the house is right, God's house is right. Some people ask me a lot, Micah, how many mentors should I have in my life? Uh, I think you should have a mentor for every area of your life. I'm fixing to explain that. I want to show you guys. This is a list of gifts in the Bible. This is Romans chapter 12, which is gifts of the body, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, I want to explain something to you guys. And I need you to understand, there's no right or wrong way of, of finding a mentor. But this is what's worked for me, okay? All of these gifts, we're going to start with the gifts of the body. Prophecy, knowing right from wrong, serving, somebody that can get out, that gets out, gets their hands dirty, right? Uh, teaching, somebody that can actually teach you. Exhortation is encouragement, somebody that can encourage you. Giving, you want a giving person. In other words, like it said there, somebody not for the love of money, right? They don't just love money. They love you. They love people. They love their family. They love the church. Money just helps them raise the family and helps with the church. You understand? It's a tool that he gets to use or she gets to use. Organization. You want somebody that's organized. Mercy. Again, gentle, approachable. Okay? And then when you look at the gifts of the Spirit, wisdom and knowledge, it's funny how those two are at the top of the list, right? What are we preaching about today? Gifts of the Spirit, guys. Wisdom and knowledge. Discernment. Faith, we, we, we talked about discernment the other day. Faith, healing, miracles, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, and then prophecy. Okay, this prophecy is knowing right from wrong. We want everybody in the church to have that gift. That, that will help the church more than anything. This prophecy is more like Will Green style, okay? For those of y'all that know Will, okay? Like Will Green literally will tell you, like, you know, this, this is probably going to happen. Like, I feel like this is going to happen, and it happens. And it's like, man, that's freaky. You know, that, that's, that, that's it. But here's the thing. We love it. I mean, guys at this church, for those of y'all that are visiting or those of y'all who haven't been here long, we grab these gifts and we run with them if done properly. Because biblically, they have to be done properly. Okay? Which is, you know, speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues. I'm not going to go into full detail here. You can go back about three months ago. I preached a sermon on it. Go find it on YouTube. You can watch it. I explain everything. Okay? This, this, this is stuff that has to be done right. Correct? Okay, I'm going to get off that because we're talking about mentors. This is my thought process when I'm trying to find mentors. And this is why I have so many. When I'm struggling in my life with knowing what's right and wrong, I'm going to go to the person that I know is very strong in that area. Okay? 
when I'm struggling with serving, I'm going to go to the person that I know is strong in that area. Pastor James Ross is probably on that list. Nothing against the rest of you men. I love you to death. But that man has a ministry that he has built and brought up that serves the community in a major way. So when I'm looking for help in an area with something like that, that's my first call. That's the first guy I call. Teaching. I have so many mentors that are great teachers. It's hard to pick. So in that situation, by the way, let's say, like for instance, like for me, I've probably got about seven mentors that are great teachers. I dropped to my knees. God, I'm struggling right now. I need some help in this area. Which one do I need to reach out to? You'd be shocked. I can't tell you how many times I get a text message from one of them in 30 minutes. It's like, oh, light bulb. Pray about it. Exhortation, when you're struggling with something, Mike Brown is my favorite exhorter. That's my guy. No matter what I've done, I'll call him. He'll be like, man, you ain't screwed up as much as I have. Like, I love that guy. He always lifts me up when I'm struggling. This, this is not mentors. I'm sorry. You can say I'm chasing squirrels. That's fine. But another reason why, do not deny the fellowship. I have so many brothers and sisters, a lot of y'all are sitting in here right now, that lift me up constantly when I'm struggling. You got to have that, guys. You got to have that. I can't tell how many times this man sitting right here has whipped me into shape when I'm struggling and I need to be encouraged. Guys, you got to have that from the congregation. Don't deny the fellowship. Get around strong Christians. Let them lift you up. Organization. <laughs> Randy Potts is like the most organized dude I know. So this is, that's my man when I need organization. Mercy, you know, a lot of men there. Are y'all following me? I'm not going to go down the whole list. Okay, you get it? You need mentors that fit this. Because at some point in your life, you're going you're gonna to struggle with something here. Or you're going to need something. You're going to need healing. You're going to need a miracle. Who's your mentor that's strongest in that? That's who you go to. And let them teach you. Let them soak that wisdom inside of you. You understanding this? That's how you gain wisdom, guys. That's how you do it. God never meant us to fight this world alone. He put amazing people around you called the church. Use the church. How do I know who my mentor needs to be? Pray about it. God will show you. It's kind of like I said when I'm struggling with which one to talk to. If you don't have a mentor right now, the first thing that you need to do when you leave today is you need to draw. I mean, I'm dead. This is so serious, guys. Matter of fact, if you don't have a mentor, I'm going to ask you to step out of your comfort zone. You need to be on your knees today, here, at the church, asking God to show it to you. It will change your life. Guys, I can't tell you how important this is. You think about all the struggles you've got, all the times you've messed up, all you men that have ticked off your wives. If you had a mentor that told you what to do, you might not have ticked them off. Happy wife, happy life, right? I mean, I'm being serious. It's so important. I want to go to James 1.5, guys. Again, pray about it. God will show it to you. We started with this verse in the beginning. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Guys, that's a promise. God, I need a mentor. Who's it need to be? He's going to show you. That's a promise. You understand that? This, okay, again, word of God, right? 
Word of God. This is him speaking. God don't lie, right? Do you think God's going to break a promise? I can't hear you. You think God's going to break a promise? I was about to say, I was hoping there was more than five. Okay, so there you go. It's a promise, guys. Oh, I copied and pasted this. They didn't capitalize he. Shame on them. Yeah, right? In choosing a mentor, make sure that that person also has time for you. Okay, I'm going to go into a little bit of detail here, and then, guys, I'm fixing to wrap it up because we got to go feed the homeless. Um, you noticed earlier I said older, wiser, stronger. A lot of those people, those men and women, their children are at an age that they are out of the house. They are grown. They may have kids of their own. Those people have time to take on another child, and that's what we are when you ask for a mentor. You've become a child of theirs. They're raising you. They're helping you. They're guiding you. It's the same thing they do to their children. You need to be very careful about how you, who you pick out because if you pick out somebody that's younger, that has younger children, and they may, man, their heart's in the right place. They want to help you, right? But they can't. They can't give you the time that you need. You're going to be needy. I promise. We're all needy people. Dude, I ain't playing. I wear mine out. My mentors are tired of me. Don't pick out somebody that's trying to raise their family. It's okay to have them as a brother or sister with you to help you and encourage you along the way. And it's okay to reach out to them. That's fine. But what I'm getting at is when you have a mentor, honestly, this is somebody you should meet with weekly. You should meet with them weekly. And they should also, when you're going through a tough situation, you should be able to pick up the phone and call them and they should be able to talk to you. A lot of us can't do that because we're spending time with our number one ministry. Y'all understand that? And let me tell you, it's hard for some people because they want to help everybody, but you can't do it. And that's why we have elders in this church. That's why we have leadership in this church. That's why there are older, wiser people sitting in this congregation right now because I've had three of them come up to me in the last month and say, I don't know why I'm here. Now you know. We need to be mentored. We need help. This is a bunch of young misfits in this church. We need help. And yes, I said young. I'm still considering myself young. Once God has shown you your mentor, you've got to trust in that, guys. Don't, don't, don't walk away just because they criticize you or hurt your feelings because God put that person in your place. There's a reason for that. Don't let your pride get in the way. Understood? Never let your pride get in the way of God's work. Ever. But one thing you do have to do, because this has happened, you'll have somebody that you believe to be a mentor. Maybe you misheard. Okay? It happens. I've misheard. It happens. I think every Christian's misheard at some point in time. When they ask you to do something as a mentor, always make sure you pray about it. Check with God, because God's your main mentor, right? God's number one. Those mentors, they're there working for him. So if you get a push from one of your mentors that something needs to be done, accept it, thank them for it. 
love them for it. But if they're a good mentor, they'll understand that you're going to drop to your knees before you make that decision. And they'll also understand if you go back to them and say, man, God had me go a different direction. They'll understand that. I can't tell you how many times I've had that with my mentors. And guess what? They're still my mentors because they understand. But just make sure you do that you pray before you go down the path that they're trying to lead you on because, again, always check with God before you make that move. And I will say this. Let's say you come to a situation where you've got to make a decision and you're praying about it and you don't hear anything from God. You already did. He put somebody in your life and he's telling you to trust him. Go with your mentor. God speaks through people. Y'all feel me? So many times I'll be sitting there and I, I'm not getting an answer, but one of my mentors is screaming at me and I'm like, okay, I guess I need to listen to him. Yeah, God put him there for you. Listen to him. That's God speaking to you through him. See, God wants you to rely on others. He wants you to rely on the fellowship, on the church, because that's how we lift each other up. That's how we get stronger. Because by doing what the mentor asks you to do, you don't even know it, but you're exhorting and encouraging him. You didn't even know it, but that's what you're doing. And then the next thing you know, he has more confidence to take on somebody else and mentor them as well. It's like a domino effect. And all of a sudden, the church is on fire, which is what's happened with this church. Mentors will be there when, uh, when you're facing those tough, real-life decisions. Also remember that you gain wisdom through defeats because you learn from those mistakes guys don't ever think if a mentor leads you in a certain direction and it ends up being what you think is a failure it's not again it's like we talked about earlier start waiting on God to show up and then learn from it learning from your mistakes is gaining wisdom y'all feel me trust me on that I've made a lot of mistakes but one thing about me and and I can't say always but I do my best the majority of the time I don't make the same mistake twice I learn from it that's called wisdom. I love people like that. That's who I want to hire. I've got some of my staff sitting here right now, and that's one of the things I love about them is they, they don't make the same mistake twice. I don't care if you make a mistake. It's going to happen, right? I mean, I'm allowed one a year. Like, I make one a year. But guys, not making that same mistake twice, for those of you that don't think you're wise, if you do that, you're a very, very, very wise person. Think about how many people make the same mistake over and over and over again. That, again, is ignorance. This church is not going to have any ignorant people there. We're going to be full of wisdom and knowledge to where we have the smarts to stomp out Satan. Amen? Christian warriors, I promise that if you'll follow these instructions on gaining knowledge and wisdom, it will tremendously help you accomplish the mission that God get you guys get mentors i cannot express that go get your knowledge okay get in your word get in prayer study study don't be lazy study okay that's how you get your knowledge right sitting in here today y'all are gaining. <laughs> i say that like, i hope y'all are gaining some knowledge today if not i'm doing a terrible job but i hope you're getting something out of this right like you're gaining knowledge every time you walk in the church but that wisdom that comes from mentors get them again if you don't have them you better be in prayer about it i do i challenge you today when the prayer team comes up and so forth you know what we're not even we're not going to bother you 
the prayer team's not going to bother you. If you come up here and you come to this altar and you drop to your knees and you start praying about who my mentor needs to be, I'm not going to bother you. That's a moment with you and God. That has nothing to do with us. I challenge you to do that today if you don't have a mentor. If God's put somebody on your heart right now, that's who you need to be praying about. God put them in my path. Show me that this is the right person. I challenge you guys. If you want to grow, if you really want, okay, if you really want this church to fulfill the vision and mission that God's given us, I need you to come along with us, and I need you to gain some dang wisdom. Find that mentor. So important. I think I've expressed that enough now, haven't I? How many times have I said, find a mentor? Find a mentor. 75. As long as that number seven's in it, that's completion. I'm done. Okay, good. We got that done. Can I get the, oh, actually, grab a pen and paper, and there are pens. There's pens. Now, you are looking at them like these are cheap pens. They are cheap pens because y'all stole all my good pens, but I got some other good pens coming. But grab a pen and paper. I got something I want y'all to write down. Go ahead, Nick. On the Christian walk, knowledge educates the mind, but wisdom educates the heart. 